Welcome to Cure Chronic, a place where we have deep conversations and hear amazing stories about chronic disease and more. Here's your host, Becky Gale. Alright, and welcome back ladies and gentlemen. I am super excited to announce another lovely Canadian coming all the way from, well I guess it's not really that far from me, but anywho, she's coming from just outside of Toronto, and this is Steph. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear Steph's story. Hi, so my name is Steph Depardo. I am a 24-year-old um, living, yeah, just outside of Toronto. I have been diagnosed with AS for almost three years now, but I've had it for almost four. Um, basically, how it happened is I woke up one day and the right side of my hip was in excruciating pain. Um, but I figured if I just went to work and went through my day that I would walk it off. Uh, turns out that did not happen at all. I um, continued to go to work for about two weeks. And then one day my general manager came up to me and she was like, um, Steph, we can tell you're in a lot of pain. We want you to take tomorrow off and go see um, a doctor about it. So that was actually the last day that I ended up working ever <laughs> for uh, that company. I worked in a restaurant at the time, so I was on my feet a lot. And so I went to the walk-in clinic and they didn't know what was going on. He said, oh, I'll give you um, a letter for a few days off and you should be fine. And it just progressively got worse and worse until I had to tell my work, like, I'm not coming back. I, I don't think that's an option for me. And I went to see my family doctor who luckily was like, okay, I can tell something seriously wrong here. Like you're not um, just looking for painkillers or anything. Uh, so she sent me for physiotherapy. And in the meantime, she sent me uh, or she referred me to neurologists and a rheumatologist, but the wait times were a little long. So it took me around four to five months to see a neurologist and six months to see a rheumatologist. Um, and in the meantime, I would just go for walks every day and do my physiotherapy. And then once October came around, I had my rheumatologist appointment where he also, I feel very lucky, he also believed my symptoms and sent me for some blood work, x-rays and an MRI. Um, so four months after that, in February, I had an appointment with him, not expecting anything to come out of it because I had just figured, you know, this, no doctor so far have found anything, so I'm not getting my hopes up. And that's when he diagnosed me with ankylosing spondylitis. Um, so from there, I started infusions of Remicade. And I was on that for about two years until it slowly stopped working as well for me. And then since April of this year, I have been on Humira. So it's been about six months. And now I'm trying to get off of that and onto another drug uh, because that's not working so well either. Um, I deal with severe fatigue. Um, I'd say it's worse than the pain most days. So that's what I'm trying to get under control. Um, with the biologics and I just haven't had luck with that yet um, and I have started a website I started it back in 2018 to 
kind of reach out to patients and other people who are experiencing similar symptoms to let them know that you're not alone. And yeah, just to share my experiences to let people know that like this is a thing that's happening to a healthy 22 year old um, and it can happen at any time. And from there, my I started posting more on Instagram and advocating. Um, I got some writing jobs out of that. And then this year, I actually released a book um, called oh, Just awesome. Breathe. Yeah, nice. um, it's available on Amazon. But yeah, it's, a, it's short essays about what I've been through. And then between each chapter is um, like some journal prompts that the reader can do as well. Oh, that's so cool. Can you explain what well, I've, I've actually never heard of AS before. What, what exactly is it? Okay. So it's basically a type of arthritis. It's a form of arthritis that affects, it can affect your whole body, but primarily the spine and the um, SI joints. And okay. what happens over time if it's left untreated is the vertebrae in the spine will start to fuse together. So your mobility um, decreases over time. Right. That's scary. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So, wow. And you've been suffering with that for only for just two years? Um, almost four now. I got, I, um, four now. Right. yeah, I almost started or I started symptoms in 2017. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. Well, I'm happy that you were able to get to like doctors that believed you because I know that there's been a lot of people on my podcast that, you know, they'll go see a doctor and they'll say to them, you know, it's all in your head sort of thing. And so I'm glad that you had, you got the support that you needed in order to get a diagnosis as well as, um, you know, get the proper treatment and that sort of thing. It's, it's interesting. I actually was on Remicade for the longest time for my disease and it, it helped me the most. And uh, so I hope that you find treatment that really helps you, especially with that uh, chronic fatigue there. That, that's, uh, that's tough. Yeah, I feel very lucky with the team I've, I've had of doctors. Um, so it, it took me like exactly one year to be diagnosed, but right. typically for AS patients, it, the, average amount of time is eight years. So I, I can't imagine oh, wow. going through, yeah, eight years of that. But um, yeah, I'm uh, just looking for a biologic that will help with the fatigue. That's the, the main thing I want to control. Mm -hmm. So from everything that you've been through, maybe before or maybe during, um, what was the hardest thing that you think you went through? The hardest thing was definitely the first couple of months with um, the symptoms, like before I was diagnosed, because I had suddenly, I had just turned 21 and I suddenly became bedridden for a few months. And um, I needed my mom's help to get up out of bed, go to the bathroom, like do basically everything. And I did not leave my bed unless I was going to the doctors. And I actually like at the beginning of my uh, symptoms, I had started isolating myself because people were messaging me and saying like, hey, like, why aren't you at work? What's going on? And I honestly like had no idea. I didn't know what to tell them. So I just started to kind of disappear. And um, that was really hard at the time because I was going through so much and I just didn't know what to tell people. So I was just 
spending a lot of time alone and not talking to anyone. Yeah, that's, and that's kind of one of the worst things. I, I totally understand because I was there when I first got diagnosed. Actually, I, it took them a long time to diagnose me, but like, I totally understand that it's one of the, literally one of the worst things that we can do as patients. But I mean, what do you do when you don't know what's going on in your body and then you can't even explain it to the people around you, especially your loved ones, you know? I'm so happy that your mom was there to help you out during those times in, in need, of course. Yeah, I'm very thankful. Like she came to every doctor's appointment with me. She would mm-hmm. she would sleep on my floor every night because if oh. I needed to get up to pee, she would help me. So I'm very thankful that I have her around for when I flare and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. So on the flip side of that, what do you think has been the best thing to come from all of this? Um, so after I started my website and kind of found the community of people on Instagram, I just, I made so many friends and the community of chronic illness patients on Instagram is just so large. I, um, I truly didn't expect to make so many friends from all over the world with different illnesses, um, that I can just message if I'm having a hard day and they'll let me vent and they'll relate and it's, it's great to talk to people who get it um, rather than, you know, family members that don't quite get it. Like they, they try, but it, it's different when you talk to somebody who is going through something similar. Oh, a hundred percent. I know it's, um, it's so nice to be able to talk to somebody when you say, okay, it feels like my whole body feels like razor blades. And they're like, yeah, I've been there. I get it. <laughs> You're like, this is so refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing just to, because mm-hmm. I know the, the one, the people that love us, you know, it's, it's hard for them to see us like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard for them to understand fully, but yeah, when someone just totally gets it, it it's just such a different, it's just a feeling of relief. Mm-hmm. And you almost need like those two different support communities, like the people, your friends and family sort of thing, but also the people that have the chronic illness as well. So that Yes, the support from your friends and family is mandatory because, you know, you live with your spouse or you live with your parents and that sort of thing. But also, it's just so nice to be able to go and talk to somebody, even if you don't really know the person, if they're just kind of a stranger on Instagram or something that you just get connected with. And it's just so nice to talk to somebody that has, you know, had the same treatments as you or had the same type of thing happen to you as they did sort of thing. Like It's just, it's different. It's so nice. And yeah, yeah, Instagram is such a huge support. Like I have met so many amazing people through Instagram. That's pretty much every single person that's been on this podcast. Well, I'd say like 96% of them has been from Instagram. So yeah, there's a huge, huge community. And like, it's just great that we're all raising awareness for invisible disabilities and mm-hmm. chronic illnesses um, at all ages and all stages of life it's amazing honestly yeah definitely so just a fun one here if you can go back in time and tell your younger self something what do you think that would be Hmm, that's a good question (laughs) i think i would tell myself that hard hard things are coming to you in life but they are going to change your life for the better and they're going to make you realize exactly who you are and show you that you are exactly where you need to be. That's a good one. That's a really good one. 
Isn't that the truth though, hey? How chronic illness literally changes us to understand who we are meant to be and who we truly are. Yeah, like before, I feel like, you know, before four years ago, I was a completely different person, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't fully feel like myself until mm-hmm. I got sick and, you know, went through these hard things um, yeah. and experienced just so much that Mm -hmm. tested me and I got through it all and I'm still here and it's great. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, it's actually pretty crazy because it just chronic illness, it sucks when you're going through the chronic illness and when we flare and when we have to deal with medications and all that other stuff, but it's just amazing how there's such a huge light at the end of the tunnel for all chronic diseases. As long as we you know, take the step towards it. And so like literally every single person that I've had on this podcast, it, it, you know, something good has come from having the disease, whether it be, you know, them just changing their life for the better or, or something amazing happening, like helping the community that has that disease or, or helping other people that have the disease. It's just, it's amazing. It's just, it's so funny how we have to get put through the pain and put through this horrible disease and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden we're like, okay, it's good. I know where I'm going now. We're, we're okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like I, I was never too into writing before I got sick. And then I would start with posting small, like uh, posts on Facebook about like, Hey, this is what's going on. Like I saw this doctor, blah, blah, blah. I would get comments that like stuff your writing is amazing. Like you made me tear up. And that's why I started my website and then that just took off and now I'm a writer and I could have never seen that for me. That's amazing. So long ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. No, I'm so excited for you and I'm so excited about your book too. So before we keep going with the questions, can you talk a little bit more about your book? When did you publish it? Yeah. So I published it at the end of March of this year. Um, And I just wanted to kind of put together some short essays on different topics, like the first chapter is just about my three-year journey, and then I talk about what what are infusions exactly, um, the chronic fatigue, I talk about grieving who you were before you got the chronic illness, um, dating with a chronic illness, um, and just... Yeah, it's just about basically every aspect of my young adult life with a chronic illness. That's so cool. I think that would be such a huge reference or a huge resource, I should say, for so many of my listeners. So we'll definitely have to put a link to your book in the podcast description as well. So that's fantastic. Congratulations on your on your publish as well. That's so cool. And you're so young you. to publish a book. That's so exciting. How have you been yeah. really successful with it? Has it been has it kind of taken off for you a little bit? Yeah, so I've sold just over 80 copies now, which is crazy to me. Um, And to see people from all over the world, you know, holding my book and sending me pictures is just amazing. It's very surreal still (laughs) for me. Very surreal. Yeah. And it must be so validating for you too, because, you know, you're using your personal experience with your chronic illness to help other people through your writing. Like, that's fantastic. That's so cool. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, I honestly love this path that I've been, you know, kind of put on. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. So what has helped you the most with your disease in regards to treatments? And, and what are you looking at trying 
next, seeing as the Humira is not really working anymore? Yeah, so back in, it was shortly after I started the Remicade in 2018, um, I found yoga and I, um, I just found someone on YouTube that does it and it would help me so much. And I had never done yoga before. So I, I used to like work out a lot more, but do like insanity max 30 workouts. And that was not an option anymore because of the arthritis. So I found that yoga was kind of that sweet spot where I could still work out and it was good for my body because it was the stretches. And um, I just fell in love with yoga as like part of my treatment because with AS, um, like movement is medicine is how people say it. And mm -hmm. so I do yoga as often as I can. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure what my next drug is that I'll try. Um, I really did like Remicade the times I was on it, but I'm not sure if I could go back on it at this point. And is that just because of the, the antibodies or, or talking to your doctor? Like, do you I'm know not why? entirely sure. Um, mm -hmm. I did have a friend message me saying the insurance might not approve it if you've been uh, taken off it. So. Oh, I see. That's painful. Yeah. I literally went through that three or four different times and I had them say, because you're on Trillium, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So I was on Trillium when I was on Remicade too. And I was on and off Remicade three or four different times with my Crohn's disease. So you'll probably get reinsured. Re yeah, that's right. If, if, you, uh, if you go back on it, it's just a matter of the right letters being sent to the insurance company. So if I can right. do it, you can do it. <laughs> just in oh, regards well, to that. that. <laughs> but <laughs> That gives me hope. Um, yeah, totally. And especially if you find a drug that really works. Like for me, Remicade was like literally life-changing for me. It was, um, you know, it, it was the drug that put me into remission, which was fantastic. So, you know, oh, I'm, I hope that you found, yeah. So I hope that you find a drug that does help you with that. And, you know, oh, man, yoga is so good. Are you into like meditation too? Um, I've tried here and there. I, um, I like it, but it's hard, <laughs> but I guess yeah. uh, practice is the only thing mm -hmm. I need to do, yeah. but yeah. And especially if you were super into those like high intensity workouts and that sort of thing, and then going into like yoga and meditation, you're like, nope, this isn't me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I'm like, that one too. <laughs> so used to the fast pace, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how to slow myself down. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, did you have any more advice or anything to say to our listeners before we wrap up? Um, I would just like to tell the people listening, um, even like if you're newly diagnosed or if you're finding yourself in a rut um, with your diagnosis, which sometimes I, I go through as well. Um, getting a diagnosis is not the end of the world. There are so many people out there that are willing more than willing to talk to you and help you through your issues and give you advice and just let you vent um and you know you'll you'll find those people and you'll find friends that you can connect to and people that um you'll be able to call like family in a way and um yeah, it's just, it's not the be all end all and you can still live a full, 
amazing life. Definitely. And that's, that's so true too. I mean, especially when we get diagnosed with something that we don't know about. I remember when I was diagnosed with Crohn's and my doctor was like, Hey, you have Crohn's disease. And I was like, great. What is that? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden our brains go to the worst possible outcome and totally exactly what you say. It's just, you know, it's just diagnosis. It doesn't define who you are. It's just, it just is a diagnosis. Right. And there's lots and lots of people out there to support all of us. So that's great advice. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, yeah. Before we go though, Steph, how can our listeners get in touch with you? So I post a lot on Instagram. My Instagram is totally funkless. <laughs> um, that's where I mainly post. And then I do have a website called totallychronic.com um, that I post on from time to time. Awesome. Perfect. And we will make sure that all of your contact details are in the podcast description as well. And Steph, I just want to thank you so much for your time today and being vulnerable and telling your story to everyone as well. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a great time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all for this episode, ladies and gentlemen, and Steph and I will catch you on the flip side.